तत्सावितर्वारण्यम भर्गो देवस्मे धियो यो नचोदया May that infinite one enlighten your hearts and all hearts. You know, we live much closer to the other world than we realize. Not many people can see into the other world. I met a woman in South India, I mean South uh, Italy, um, who uh, she she saw other, uh, the other people from the other world so easily that If people came to her door, she would say, well, are you alive or in the other world? She couldn't always tell the difference. It was an interesting case. But uh, most people don't see that, and yet we're very close to that. We go into that world, we come back again and again. There was a woman that I know, her child, when he was five years old, she scolded him for something, and he got all upset, and he went out and slammed the door in a in a pout, and then he came back and he said, and you weren't my first choice either. And she said, well, what do you mean? Who was your first choice? He said, well, uh, this was later when he calmed down a little bit. He said, well, it was some woman in the Philippines, but she was taken already. Well, how many lives we come into this world, how many different forms, how many different mothers and fathers we have, but It's interesting to think how the tie between the two worlds is not so absolute as it seems in higher yugas or in higher universes. You know, there are whole galaxies that are more sattvic or more tamasic or more rajasic. My Gurudev used to say this is a rajasic galaxy. But in sattvic galaxies or in satya yuga, people commune easily with that world and Many people today even used to. My guru used to say, I live more in that world than in this world. In fact, the attitude with which you go is very important. It's important that you go with an attitude of trust and love for God. I, met, uh, I, I went to the deathbed of an old man. He was not a disciple of my guru, but a student of his. And on his deathbed, he was saying, oh, I've done many wrong things in my life. And I told my guru this, and he looked sad. He said he shouldn't have talked like that. You see, you should affirm your soul connection with God. Don't dwell on the past. It's, when you carry that thought with you, that is like a, an anchor. It ties the balloon of your consciousness to the ground, keeps it from soaring. And in fact, it was an interesting thing that I read. It was in a book by a Catholic nun who had the power to go into the astral world. And she met many people there that she'd never known. But when she reported back and gave their names, it turned out that they were actual people. And their memories were actual memories. So she did have a certain power that way. But what astounded me was that many people who had been nuns, let us say, in convents, now, To be a nun and to give your life to God surely means a certain level of sincere dedication, doesn't it? I think so. Yet they were not in heaven because they were thinking of the sins they had committed. 
they were thinking how they had disobeyed a superior or something. It's not right to go with that consciousness. Don't think in terms of what you've done wrong. Think of your love for God. As Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, those who love their gods, the lower gods, go to them. Those who love me, come to me. Love God. Krishna is not talking just as Krishna, but as any form that represents God infinite. That's what we should think of when we go. Don't think about the past. It's just a hypnosis on the mind. One flash of light and it's all gone. Don't live in that thought. Now, in the book that I've written called Conversations with Yogananda, there are a couple of sayings here that uh, I, I'd like to read to you. Those who grieve over the death of a loved one, the following words should offer deep consolation to them. He said, departed relatives and friends sometimes come to one in dreams. Be open to that possibility, especially if you deeply miss your loved ones, for such dreams can be true experiences. You know, on the other hand, you shouldn't grieve too much because it holds them down. They respond to your thoughts. It's very important when people die whom you love to send them love, don't send them grief, because they, they, they feel that. It, it, it holds them, as I said. But give them your blessings, give them your love. Love is not selfish. True love is generous. Master went on to say, when Woody's mother died of breast cancer, Woody's mother, Woody was a close disciple of the Master's, a woman disciple. So he said, spoke about her mother. I became very withdrawn for a time. Don't be moody, someone said to me. This is no mood, I exclaimed. How can genuine sorrow over the loss of a friend be called a mood? I prayed deeply. Then at last I saw her in the astral world. An angel was leading her away from me. I saw her pause briefly and smile at the beauty of the flowers in a meadow. I called to her and she turned. At first she didn't recognize me. Then I touched her on the forehead and she cried, I remember. She parted the gown she was wearing and said, see, no more cancer. She was free and wonderfully happy. In another saying, this is number 173 in the book, Rogers, before coming to Mount Washington, had been a professional house painter. The master once said to him, I see you in the astral world creating flowers by thought alone. Rogers' love of visual beauty, the master was saying, would be fulfilled on that plane indeed, though worldly desire can only be satisfied on the physical plane. Pure desires can be fulfilled better in the astral world. Many great works of art, poetry, and music, the Master said, are inspired by astral memories. The desire to do noble, beautiful things here on Earth is also often a carryover of astral experiences between a person's Earth lives. Now that's a very important thing to remember in two ways. One is that, yes, you have to fulfill your worldly desires by coming back to this world. But if you can entertain pure desires for beautiful music, not the kind of stuff you hear often in the 
streets of India or the world or all over the rock music and so on. Not that. Not the Bollywood kind of music, but divine music. This is something, a desire for this uplifts the soul. Anything that uplifts the soul can be satisfied in the astral world, a desire for beauty. If it's true beauty, you don't have to come back to this world because that world's much more beautiful. A desire for lovely sentiments. These things are not so common here. They are common in the astral world. So good desires, you don't have to come back here to fulfill. But another very interesting point that he brought out is that the noble achievements of man are usually memories from the past. Memories of your periods in the astral world where you lived in that beauty. So it is that if you try to do noble and beautiful things here, that helps to reawaken those memories and to make that world more natural and normal to you. Then when you go into that other world, you will reclaim it as your own. Whereas if your mind is always on the, on the, uh, uh, the gutter, then all you'll think of is this world. If your mind is only on things and material fulfillments and getting that new car and all those things, you'll have to come back. If you like to smoke, you'll have to come here. They don't smoke in the astral world. But if you love beautiful sunsets, if you love beautiful scenery, if you love beautiful music, if you love beauty in human people, in human nature, all of these will draw you on toward that uh, higher state. And so it is that if you have, because most of us are a mixture, if you have good desires and bad desires, think of those high ones because those can take you upward. It isn't just something that, oh, well, it's another world desire I have to fulfill. It actually can lift your consciousness. And the lifting is actually a literal thing. It's amazing because the energy, when anything uplifts your consciousness, it literally lifts the energy in the spine up toward the Agnya Chakra in the forehead, between the eyebrows, in the frontal lobe of the brain. Actually, it's not really in the forehead. But when you, when you, any uplifting desire helps to bring you into a better world after you go. Now, another thing about that world is that if you have spent your life doing good, if you have spent your life thinking of other people and serving God above all, you may spend, even if you don't become free, you may spend hundreds of years there, something you don't get to do here. You begin, even when you come back here, your feeling of that world is that it's really your world. You feel that that's more real to you than this world. So it is, for example, in my starting a community, I think it's a memory of that world. Because a place where people can live together in harmony is not so easily found on this earth. Yet that memory is there, and it attracts people who have had that memory before. And if a few people can live together in that kind of harmony, other people seeing it will say, well, maybe there's hope, maybe we can. <coughs> Just think of how the communist philosophy is an imposition 
on people. Whether they like it or not, they've got to swallow this idea of everything being owned by everybody. And of course, it's really not owned by anybody. It's owned by a few plutocrats with power. It's really a scam. But I know, I met J.P. Narayan once, and he used to be the number two man in India. Well, we talked a lot about this because he too believed he left government in order to work at a grassroots level. And uh, he totally agreed with my idea, and I agreed with his. Well, when people have the same idea, it's always nice. But this idea was that what you need is to create a harmonious community which other people seeing will be inspired to want to do something similar. It's not as if you have to kill those who disagree. People want it. Now, to change the world that way will take longer, but has communism changed the world? Yeah, for the worse. They don't, they don't practice the true communism because those people who rise on the backs of power and violence and ruthless oppression, they are themselves ruthless people. You can't have perfection like that. You can't say, well, through this imperfection we will achieve it. It's not the way. You can't impose even true values on people. You can't impose as they did in the Spanish Inquisition in, in Europe. They killed people, persecuted people, burned them at the stake because they wouldn't believe in the right way. And who's to say who, who knows the right way? I wouldn't want to go their way. You don't do it that way. You do it by inspiring. Now that way seems like the fast way, but it doesn't work. So therefore it doesn't work, it's not the fast way at all, because it isn't even a way. But the thing is that once you can inspire people, then more and more people, and it may take generations, it may take hundreds of years, but if you want to change society and if you hope to create a better world, then this is the only way to do it. Bit by bit, people, bit, people will see that it's working and maybe I could do it too. And as more and more people do it, those who don't want to be, begin to get self-conscious and embarrassed, thinking, well, gee, we're sort of odd men out. Society will change eventually. But let me also say that the gurus, seeing their disciple playing in a mud puddle, are not interested in cleaning up the mud puddle. They're interested in taking the disciple out of the mud puddle. This world is a school. You don't try to change the school. You use the school to try to change the students. The purpose of the school is to help elevate the students. And so don't think too much about perfecting this world as long as you're living here. Sure, it's a good thing to try to um, do a good thing, try to live in a good way and leave things better than you found them, but they'll always begin to disintegrate after a while. Finally, the only thing that will help you is to know God. Open the door of your heart to him. Live for him. And you will see that as uh, the Bengali song, the version of this song is the original, Hridayar kutir dar kola achi anibar Daya kore akbar eshe ki the door of my heart is always open. Oh, please come and fulfill, satisfy 
the thirst of my heart. Door of my heart, open wide, I keep for thee. Door of my heart, open wide, I keep for thee. Wilt thou come, wilt thou come, just for once, come to me. Wilt thou come, wilt thou come, just for once, come to me. Will my days fly away without seeing thee, my Lord? Will my days